everybody, and welcome to Volume 2, Issue 75 of the Kane and Rince podcast. Grand Theft Auto 4 was, of course, in fact, the 11th GTA title. Five years and three more later, and we're still awaiting GTA 5. Rockstar, you so crazy. Joining me, Leon Cox, in this issue, it's Jay Taylor. Howdy. And it's Carl Moon. Hey, guys. That's his catchphrase. Uh, <laughs> it's not a catchphrase. I just say it. It's just your natural, your natural FM DJ coming out. Exactly. Um, so it's obviously the thing to do is you have to do the thing where you make out like it's some, you go, oh, so it's a little game by the name of GTA 4 because it's obviously one of the biggest games we've ever covered in terms of publicity and budget and the number of people who've played it and so on and so forth. Uh, can you believe it's pretty much almost five years since it came out now? Well, it never feels as long as it actually is, though, does it? Because it seems to be always in the news. Yeah, and we've had loads of, uh, as as I say, there have been some GTA games come out since. Obviously, we've had the episodes from Liberty City, which is kind of DLC, but was also released as a standalone. And I, I always felt, you know, they kind of, they're, they're more than DLC, aren't they? Because mm. they're, they're, they're self-contained stories. Um, and Chinatown Wars and, and so on. But um, we will talk a little bit about the whole GTA thing um, because we're not going to be doing shows for the other games probably in the series, maybe one day. But to be honest, as much as everyone has a huge amount of affection for maybe Vice City in particular, I've tried playing it recently. It's um, It's a challenge, to be honest for a number of reasons so 2008 april um yeah just under a, a month away from being five years that it came out on the 360 and ps3 uh at the end of the year it came out on the pc december 2008 and of course the pc version although none of us three have a huge amount of experience of this is uh the one that you can make look insane with crazy mods and stuff like that i know jay you've spent a little time with uh um, a gta 4 with a high res texture um mod on haven't you yeah that was when uh tom Fom came around with his his pc rig and set it up and had a uh demo of it it's quite impressive as well yeah, it looks like a it looks like a a, a now game rather mm. than a five year old game, doesn't it? And perhaps even more so. And yeah, there's all these sort of photorealistic in inverted commas texture packs and various things. And yeah. God goodness knows what else. But it's not it's not a scene that we can speak about with any great authority. Unless Carl, you I know you used to be a big PC gamer, um, probably before GTA. But um, I assume you didn't dabble with the PC version of GTA Four. I have played the PC version of GTA 4 at a, a gaming LAN. I have a friend okay. who was a huge fan of the game, and mm. uh, yeah, obviously at the time I was playing it through on the Xbox, and I, I, we actually ran them side by side, and I played a huge chunk of it through on his PC version, and it, even the standard version is quite impressive, but some of the videos I've seen of those modifications, they're, they're real sort of labours of love and incredible to look at. So we have here uh, a quote from some of the audio staff from uh, Rockstar North, an interview which was uh, with Games Radar, um, Matthew Smith, not the one, not that one, not Jet Set Willy, Manic Miner, Matthew Smith, uh, Craig Connor and Will Morton. So um, just a little word about th- this. This is just a little insight on the ambition, I suppose, of the project uh, about the sound. Stand in the street and you'll hear three different radio stations at any one time coming from passing vehicles, all sounding appropriately, appropriately tinny or boomy, depending on the type of vehicle and whether its doors are open, its windows broken, etc. Is that actually 
did that actually come to pass in the finished game? It sounds a little bit beyond what my experience was. Um, it was our aim that you could place the player in a random position on the map, shut your eyes and listen and be able to tell where you are and what time of day it is. And I think we've achieved that pretty well. It's difficult to quantify how many speaking parts there are, but at our last count, there were over 740 unique voices in the game. There are over 80,000 individual lines of dialogue, more than 7,000 of which are Nico's lines. And of course... Uh, it was never to return the voice actor who played Nico if you were to listen to each line back to back it would take over 29 hours also these figures don't take the radio TV and mo-capped cutscene dialogue into consideration or presumably things like the uh, the Ricky Gervais comedy gig and all that sort of thing so yeah crazy stuff I mean, it's incredibly sort of what they took on was a, an astounding amount of work and to some degree I felt that you know some of that worked, particularly, you know, the the one about closing your eyes and listening and, you know, you can tell if you're sort of in the busy streets and you hear the train go over the overpass and or you can be in like a park or by the by the docks and that side of it was really quite impressive, I've got to say. Uh, some really talented people up at Rockstar North in the audio department. Uh, it is believed that the development cost was around $100 million. Nobody knows for sure, probably. Um, but yes, it's it's up there as one of the more expensive games ever made ahead of Shenmue and uh, around similar sort of budget to Red Dead Redemption, also by Rockstar. Um, it is, of course, and this is sort of interesting, especially once you start hearing the feedback, and I'm sure people will be familiar with how generally GTA 4 is regarded these days, the number one highest rated game on Metacritic. Still, to this day, it's the only game, the only game with a meta score of 98, which is a, uh, it's a weighted average, as we know, uh, based on priority of organs that it's um, averaging. So on game rankings, which is apparently owned by the same company as Metacritic, but they use a mean average and they disregard certain uh, outlets. Uh, it's the fourth and sixth highest rated game of all time um fourth on ps3 probably simply because it had fewer reviews on ps3 which is normally the way and six on 360 um it's behind super mario galaxies one and two and ocarina of time i can't remember what comes in between fourth and sixth to be honest something amazing i'm sure I mean, it's, it's quite impressive but just to draw on the you know the obviously the difference between the ps3 and 360 version and i think there's probably more to it than just less reviews i think you know on the 360 at the time it had been out for longer we had since road being released which obviously whilst an inferior title would offered a similar kind of gameplay that we'd experienced <laughs> and yeah, yeah, of course, not according to everyone. And to a lesser degree, we'd had stuff like Dead Rising, another game that offered a huge amount of freedom in what you were to do. So, whereas on the obviously the PS3, it was long awaited because it was the first of its kind of game. So, I mean, that, that's, that's a good point. Potential why there could be a difference in score. Yeah, that's a fair point. It's it's often the case that for whatever reason, um, historically, maybe just because it was the first the first one to UK market, but generally more 360 copies are the, you know, the tested versions, which is why you'll often see that there is a disparity between the two meta scores, even when both versions are, you know, to all intents and purposes identical. And sometimes even when the PS3 version has been inferior with, you know, lower frame rate or worse anti-aliasing, it still has the higher ratings just because it's been reviewed by fewer organs. But anyway, that's uh, another matter. Uh, let's talk about our own histories with the entire franchise. I don't mean going into painstaking detail about every single game but just quickly um you know were you there for grand theft auto in 97 and which of the sequels did you play let's start with jay i didn't come in on the first one i came in on gta 2 which i okay. still still have that copy of that game um, dreamcast or 
No, uh, PlayStation. Okay. And didn't get on with it. And I can't, mm. to this day, really figure out why I bought it in the first place because I did put a bit of time in on it, but it, it, it quickly wore me out and I just got bored of it. Mm-hmm. And had very little interest in 3 until the week of release. Now, I remember this quite clearly that my flatmate at the time, his mate came around and on the way to the flat, they picked up a copy of it. So it literally went straight in on the PlayStation and started messing around with it. And I just sort of sat there with a cup of tea watching them. Mm. Um, and then they went out and left it. And um, he, I remember him saying that at the time, he, I can crack on with the game and, and just have a mess around. The next day, went out and bought a copy of it because it was yeah. that good, you know. <laughs> just got yeah. so like sucked into it straight away. Bought each of the the subsequent games, Vice City and San Andreas, and including four as well, day one. But only finished three and four. Mm. Um, lost interest in both Vice City and San Andreas. Mm. So I lost interest. They, they just, as I probably go into when we talk about four, was... They, it was the meandering plot line. Uh, at some point, I just lost interest in what the characters were doing, the missions or something or other, and, and just basically never got around to actually completing the game. I think everyone's got at least one in the series they didn't finish, and I think I think a lot of people have never finished a Grand Theft Auto. That was certainly mm-hmm. true for me until last uh, 2011 when I finally did play through GTA 4 and and both the the episodes um but carl what about you do you go back to gta 1 dma design yeah 97 i was uh way back on the original and it's weird because it was one of these games that i'd never actually heard of and i, I had a friend sort of bring it around he was like oh look at this you know you, you just sort of steal cars i was like well that sounds a bit dumb but you know i tried it out and i thought well this is fun but i i only really enjoyed getting the buses um which is, you know, it's way back when I had it was sort of strange to play a, a game like that, but it never really clicked. I tried like London and and so forth, and a lot like Jay didn't click with them, and I ignored three completely. I had no interest. I thought I didn't like the previous ones. Mm. And one Christmas, I rang my friend up, and he was like, "Oh, you know, I got Grand Theft Auto Three on the PlayStation." I was like, "Oh, well, PlayStation Two, sorry." And I was like, well, well, I'll I'll pop round and see what it's like, and you know, I, I was expecting the worst. I was expecting not to like it, and I just played it, and my thoughts were, this is amazing. Mm. It it's just so different. It's immersive, and um, I would go around there and I'd play it quite regular. And and when Vice City was released, you know, that was I wanted that. That was my main Christmas gift, and I absolutely adored that one. You know, just cruising around to the music never really focusing on the story because it that didn't really interest me as much as it did just sort of listening to the 80s music and riding around into the sunset on a bike and i got san andreas and it just didn't click with me at all but at the time that the the xbox 360 and the playstation 3 and stuff were coming out i was a, a large member on the overclockers forums which was a huge gaming community and for Grand Theft Auto 4, it was just reaching a level of fever pitch that I've never experienced about a game since. So even though I wasn't overly interested in it, you sort of get pulled into that hype. And I, I went down and I was, you know, I was unsure on which version to get. So I actually got both the PlayStation <laughs> 3 and the Xbox 360 copy um, for a, a midnight launch, the only midnight launch I've ever done. And I believe you could zoom in closer to the TV and the PS3 version if that's... Uh... 
yeah, a better I mean, video way, codec or something. <laughs> Apart I, think, from I, that, think, you, I think you pretty much had to because um, the the differences were there. Um, and they're even more noticeable now. I don't know okay. what that's I, I, all about. I, I, I remember um, comparisons at the time, but I can't remember yeah. know, who was the and big you winner. Never, it was all hearsay at the time. You were never really sure which was which, but there the were differences. Yeah. Um, and I, I ended up quickly passing on the PS3 version and, and focusing on the 360 version and, and playing through that. And as you mentioned, Leon, it's the only one I've completed mm. is, is Grand Theft Auto 4 mm. because I never had an interest in completing them before this one. But... and even though I I didn't really sort of find the story interesting, as I'm sure you know we'll hear, and I think Jay mentioned, um, there was something about the progression of the game felt perhaps more natural whilst doing the other stuff in the game. So I stuck through it and, and completed it. Yeah. Now I remember GTA One coming out, and I, you know this was at a point when DMA design was still known for things like Lemmings and stuff on the Amiga and Blood Money. So I was still sort of interested in what they were doing from that point of view. Um, and I remember the PC version got a 9 out of 10 review in Edge magazine. And I was like, oh, this looks really interesting. And they're, they're talking about this, you know, the freedom, the freeform nature, the sandbox, the toy set, all these sort of buzz phrases that were quite fresh at the time. And it did sound interesting. So I played, I, I didn't have a games-worthy PC at this point, so I played the demo that came out for the PlayStation, probably on the official PlayStation magazine. Um, and the PS1 version, we, it's, we were at that point in the cycle, was considerably inferior to the PC version. Um, blockier graphics. And one of the biggest problems was that the PC version used the superior amounts of RAM, I think, in the PC to remember a lot more of your interaction with the city. So you could leave a car you know, several screens away and then go back to it. Whereas in the PS1 version, it would pretty much forget anything that went off the screen. And that made quite a fundamental difference to the to the gameplay experience. So while it wasn't a terrible conversion, it was it was not the game I wanted to play. So I, I basically left it. Um, skipped GTA 2 altogether, even though I did have a Dreamcast and a PC at that point that could have played it. Not sure why. I think uh, it had a, didn't have a sort of future setting, GTA 2. It was sort of sci-fi, wasn't it? And um, didn't appeal for some reason. Uh, Grand Theft Auto 3, um, I wasn't particularly excited for. Uh, but then the reviews started to hit. And I just remember going into a... I think the I think there was a, a relatively late embargo or something, um, which again, you know, these were in the days... This was the days of where print was still king ahead of internet reviews and i remember going into wh smith's one day and seeing all these reviews that hit for, at the same time for gta 3 and they were you know absolutely you know 90 to 95 percent all across the board and i was like blimey i wasn't expecting that and i think the game was pretty much already out so i probably went straight and bought it from there then there was the famous edge review where um they gave it six out of ten and then issued a very small, quiet apology, or not apology, but a, a kind of, oh, uh, it was a misprint, um, which I think... A little excuse, I think to it, this day, they, they, they pretty much sort yeah, they sort of admit that basically they got it wrong. Um, and, you know, and, and a six in Edge wasn't a bad score, but I think they underestimated um, how much fun the game was in, in the time they'd had with it or whatever. And I can I can 
sympathise to a point, but it was it was doing a retraction was perhaps not the best idea. <laughs> perhaps they should have stuck with their six and just argued it forevermore and just said, no, it is only a six out of ten. You wait, there'll be there'll be much better versions of this game in the next few years. And of course, they'd have been right. Um, yeah, Vice City came, and of course, I bought it day one. That was just a year later, wasn't it? And uh, um, yeah, I really enjoyed the setting, like so many people, and the eighties music worked fantastically well. But I never. Like GTA three, I just mucked around in it. I never got beyond the second island, the second sort of area. Uh, Vice City, I think I got even less into the into the actual story. Um and uh another thing about sorry, rambling on here, another thing about GTA three is this was only a couple of years after Driver had come out, and I loved the the actual car chase gameplay of Driver. Um and this had sort of elements of that, but although the car handling wasn't as fun as it was in Driver, um, but you could also it also effectively contained like a crazy taxi mini game as well. Yeah. You could you could do all sorts of things, so it felt like kind of lots of games in one. But mostly it was, of course, going on rampages. Um, San Andreas, I absolutely hated the, everything about the characters and the game world was too large and the micromanaging your appearance and all that sort of thing. Um, but of course, I was excited for GTA 4 when it came along. The idea of that game world in next-gen graphics uh, was exciting. Um, but again, I only pissed around with it for three years before I finally got around to finishing it in 2011, um, along with the episodes. So I don't know what that's all about. A couple of uh, a couple of our correspondents just. Uh, for some context about other people's attitudes to the, the franchise and the series as a whole. Baker's 12 from the forum says, GTA hit its peak at Vice City as a whole package. It was my favourite game, story, and everything since has been very good, but missing something. Or am I missing something? I sometimes hear it's an age thing. Uh, I think a lot of people still have the fondest memories for Vice City. So Baker's 12 represents those people. Whereas Alex79UK preferred San Andreas, although he says that Vice City was brilliant and 4 was a right boring grind. Mm. So we'll be hearing some more of that. Um, So what were your initial feelings when you started playing GTA 4, Jay? I guess overall it was positive to begin with. Um, And it must have maintained more than my interest far more than any of the others in the series because I actually progressed through to the end of this, but it became a chore uh, at several points. Carl, what were your initial feelings? Were you, you know, was it everything you hoped it would be? Uh, or did you, you know, I, I mean, I like talking to you two now, I don't actually know either of you how much you in the end love or hate or anywhere in between GTA four. Um, but I know I've been, you know, we've had a lot of listener correspondence over the last few days and just over the last five years, really, I've just picked up a vibe that people really took against this game, despite it being the highest rated game of all time. And so I'm interested in, did that, did that happen for any of us? Did it happen instantly or, or was it a slow process? I think when I, when I got it, the, the thing that I'd been anticipating most was just how much was going into the world. I mean, they'd been bleating on about this budget and how high it was going to be and how they were almost proud that it was going to be the most expensive game. And and all I wanted to know was, where's this gone? You know, is it is it in the features? And we'd heard about, obviously, we'd had San Andreas had offered, you know, the ability to play pool and whatnot. And I was like, oh, we're going to have loads of stuff to do in this game. And it's almost going to be a game within a game. And, 
you know, I'd go in and the first thing you'd do is you'd watch TV and it'd have TV shows and it was all this stuff that really interested me. And I thought, well, I'll get a bit further into the game and I'll do the first couple of missions and then you meet your cousin and I was like, well, I don't really like this character. Mm-hmm. And then you had Vlad came in and I was like, well, I don't really like this character either. And I was like, well, maybe that's the intention is that, you you know, you're supposed to realise that it's not all hopes and dreams and that it's been built up. And I thought, well, you know, that's fair enough. And I just kept sort of pushing the storyline further and further, and it was, you know, I had my hopes built up that I was finally going to be delivered a Grand Theft Auto storyline that I was going to really enjoy or, you know, at least be interested in playing because, as as I'd said, the previous ones, I'd fallen away, and and like you, Leon, I was, it was you know, I'd rather do the taxi missions or do the, the car hijacks and, and, and collection missions, and it, I felt like it was, from a... Right out the gates, it seemed like an opportunity missed for me, you know, in, in how they were sort of progressing the story and how it was all being introduced. I wonder if, and I'm just thinking about this now, um, I don't know if either of you have a thought on this. I wonder if it's almost the fact that because the cutscenes, the acting, the characters were all that much more at the forefront when you compare them to previous games. I mean, may, maybe San Andreas to a certain extent was was heading down this road and that was one of the reasons i didn't like san andreas was just the thought of spending time with as this character and with these people was abhorrent they were just awful awful human beings and 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 sorry and i was yeah and i was just wondering if um maybe the fact that kind of that was more at the forefront in gta 4 the fact that you're constantly reminded that you're even though you know nico whatever he's trying to make amends he's not really he's basically still a murdering scumbag um you can make all the excuses you want he's still he's still a criminal and a killer and and he's surrounded by absolute scumbags and there's no sort of there's no real element of redemption. It's pretty much from miserable situation to miserable situation. And is it just that, you know, is this why people said, God, Saints Row 2, which came out later the same year, is so much more fun because it's just ridiculous. Whereas GTA is kind of, yes, kind of heavy going in, in a lot of ways. I, th- I think you've definitely raised a valid point. And in, in the strangest sort of way, I think maybe Grand Theft Auto 4 was the best thing that could have ever happened to a franchise like Saints Row for that reason. I mean, I, I feel like we're in the minority here, Leon, because you have stated outright your dislike for San Andreas. And I've heard so many more people say that that is their favourite in the series. And I've always been very flat about it. I just did not like that game. Not one piece, and for the exact reason, I hated the characters in it. I didn't like any of them, and I think going the fact that that was the last major game going into this is the next major game, and I felt that that was one area where it hadn't advanced up whatsoever. And I, I, the you know the media were all going on, oh, you'll love Nico as a character. He's so different, and I was like, this guy's a douche. I just don't like anything he's doing. I don't like his attitude. He's very cynical but not in a witty way and he's just dry and dull and it was i think almost within the first 20 minutes i knew i wasn't going to enjoy my experience of this character and i was hoping for almost comic relief from other ones and you know briefly you sort of get it from brucey who Mm. I, i think is quite fondly remembered by people um and you could argue maybe that was even that was a bit short lived and yeah, it was just the people that were populating this world weren't exactly people that I wanted to be in a world with. 
But I guess the argument would be, would it be a, a Grand Theft Auto without these characters? But it, it's, it's strange because, well, that's the thing. The, 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 I played three probably, I was probably more invested in the character in three quite possibly because he was the silent protagonist yeah. and, and he didn't have a person. You projected your own personality. You could justify your actions by, because you weren't being told. Yeah. And yeah. the moment I think with, with every other one, uh, perhaps less so with Vice City because, um, you know, the main character, whilst he's got character, you know, obviously the famous voice actor and all the rest of it. But as soon as we got into San Andreas, I was less and less, Emphasis. There was no empathy for any of these characters at all. And by the time we got to four, it was just. Uh, I mean, the funny thing with four is, I think the characters in the the two expansions are far better and far more interesting than the character in the main game. Um, they're both still scumbags. Yeah, but you know, it's they're just yeah, but they are. But they they it, it every their actions kind of felt more in place. You know, Nico's mm. or in every cutscene, Nico's sort of. Uh, bemoaning the fact that he's trying to get away from all the killing, he's, yeah. he's come to America to find a new life, and yet then the moment you play the mission, he's just killing everybody in sight, and it's just ridiculous. I mean, of course, you can say that's how you play it, but after time you end up, it's the only way you're going to get out of a situation. It's literally by gunning down dozens of people. It's a tricky one because, um, you know, like you go, you know, if you watch a one of my favorite films of all time is Goodfellas, and they are reprehensible scumbags to a man. Um, is it, is it different? I think there's a couple of differences. I think one of the, th- the things is GTA 4's tone flips around all the time between yeah. outright comedy and drama and tragedy without ever kind of dis- settling where it, where it wants to be. Um, you know, you've still got all the, the, you know, the, the amusingly named restaurants and, and, mm. and all that and the funny adverts on the radio and stuff, but you've also got this apparently, you know, serious human drama going on, um, with really horrific events in it. And that, that doesn't quite sit right. Um, and also, yeah, I think it's the fact that you're, you're complicit in the actions a lot of the time. And, and, and it, again, it's weird because, you know, I play lots of violent games. We all do. And, and we can enjoy them in certain situations, but I'm really like, I, I'll, I'll say it now. I enjoy GTA four. I like playing it through. I think it's got all kinds of problems, but for the most part, I was having a good time despite all those issues. Um, and I actually find the saints row kind of, um, aesthetic and, uh, and tone, every bit as reprehensible, but mm-hmm. I can still have a good time with it at times if I'm in the right mood. Um, so I, I suppose there is something to be said, you know, if you don't want to spend 30 hours, 40 hours in the company of scumbags being a scumbag, then don't play GTA four. <laughs> yeah, there is that, but then you'd be missing out on one of the best open worlds in video games. <laughs> it's just, mm. there's a certain way to look at the, these games and I, I Jared, you know, made a good point going back to to the silent protagonist in three, and I think Vice City was almost it was almost a caricature of the world of Scarface mm. and and Miami in the eighties, and uh, and it was goodwill. And I, I guess with four, they, they had all the comedy elements of of the gameplay, but it did it within you know almost the world of you know boys in the hood and 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 that. And I, I can appreciate those as movies; they're not fun movies, and I think that's maybe why I didn't enjoy that. But with GTA 4, there was clearly the ideal was that they were going to deliver 
it was going to be almost a straight story. That that's what they wanted to deliver, and 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 I don't necessarily dislike GTA Four. I think there's a lot of fun things to do in the world, and I think most of the fun things that come are, are maybe not not even secondary or maybe even tertiary elements of the game. It, it's sort of daft stuff that happens. But I think I think if you're going to be in a world with those people, I mean, you mentioned Goodfellas, and I mean, it's a fantastic movie, but. They're reprehensible people, but it's all delivered with a certain element of charisma and and presence, and that is maybe lost in in the world. And and whilst the voice acting is is you know it, it's good, it's not really delivered in a way with any charm or wit. I mean, we've all referenced how you know Nathan Drake is is just a mass murderer in these games, but you know it delivers it in a funny way. It does it in the story with <laughs> yeah. charisma, and this is so dry that it's, you know, you're not really a fan. And, and and he is so hypocritical as a character that I just didn't like that. You know, he's... Be clever about it. If he doesn't want to do this thing, why am I almost pushed that? I ha- you have to do this thing. Every mission is kill someone or drive here and threaten someone or something. And it's, why? He's just come off the boat for five minutes. Why is he doing this? If it was a movie <clears throat> uh, and... Nico Belich arrived in New York uh, and um, ended up on a downward spiral. They would have at least a 20-minute sequence where he tried to do the right thing, which would, you know, as in get a job. And, you know, you would see that maybe it would be a montage. You'd see him getting hoofed out of, you know, like, I don't know, he'd end up stacking shelves or something and he'd be like, and eventually he'd be like, fuck this, you know, you've seen it and it's, mm. it's, it's the stuff of uh crime Pete. movie legend. Mm. Um, but really as soon as he meets up with Roman, who's already kind of involved in shady dealings and who himself is a, a sort of a, a tonally mixed up mishmash comic book character. You could almost argue that it's slightly a xenophobic caricature of, of an Eastern European, um, and that's actually true of a lot of the as 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 much sort of high quality wit and satire as there is in GTA Four. There's also a lot of stereotyping, um, and so there's no because there's not that right. This is Nico trying to go straight effectively and and build his way up from nothing. He basically gets involved in crime within the first twenty minutes because it's a video game. Um, but if you're trying to tell a story, maybe. Would would people have taken more kindly to their character, the character they had to play, the avatar and the story, if you'd felt like society, you tried to do the right thing by society and society had rejected you and thrown you back out into the, you know, into the underworld kind of thing? Would that have been more satisfying? Well, I, th- I think the you know there's certainly a lack of cleverness, and we've seen since in two what would be classed as open world games, you know, a, a similar system to this in that I'm going to name Mafia Two and L.A. Noire, mm-hmm. both as games that you know in Mafia Two you start out you're in the war, you realise you're troubled, but you're from a background and you arrive in town and you've got essentially that twenty minute build up that you're on about from the movies of why he's the way he is, um, you know, yeah, he's true. fought in the war and mm. he struggled, and you've got L.A. Noire where through the power of flashbacks, you realise that he was in the war, but he's got a problem with the way that, you know, he's he's dealt with the stuff and almost uh, that he blames himself for something. And and even though you're obviously on the other side of the law, there's still that build-up in a character in an open world that is much smarter in its storytelling. Um, and it, all that is completely lost. All we hear on the boat 
uh, coming across is that you know his his brother's written to him the land of opportunity and mm. it, it, that is so drilled into you is the you know the american dream but you don't feel any of it you don't ever feel that for one second that nico is actually looking to to live that dream to to earn a living it's why is he the way he is we don't know we know that something's happened in in eastern europe and he's obviously he's been through the you know the former yugoslav republics and and the the wars that they had there but it's passed in conversation no more than stories of sleeping with you know a hooker or 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 beating someone around the head it's it loses all relevance and and potency in the story because it happens in a car journey that's 60 seconds long it's there's no they went in there with the intent that they wanted to tell a story going from character to character drug deal to drug deal or or whatever they are almost like they ran straight to the middle of a story without telling the start, and for that, it lost so much respect from me. From from like I said, I was almost lost in that world, and it, within twenty minutes, I realised that the any sort of enjoyment I was going to get whilst progressing was going to be from doing daft things or to quote dicking around. Yeah, I think um, a lot of people at the time were quite struck by the infamous uh, who do you kill decision, which I think probably was influential. I think there have been, you know, we've seen similarly, uh, quotes, difficult um, moral decisions to make, but playing playing it as I did in 2011, it wasn't. It it didn't really feel like that much of a big deal because it was again, uh, kill one scumbag who's a scumbag for one reason, or kill another scumbag who's a scumbag for another reason. I've already killed two thousand scumbags up to this point anyway, and a load of uh, innocent passers-by. So, um, you know, why should I care about which of these two characters I kill? Would those of you who got to that point back in 2008, was that a memorable scene, moment, decision? Not really, no. Eight, what are they called? Eight Ball and the other guy? Playboy X. Playboy X. Mm. I think, it was... Yeah, that one That one had almost passed me by, to be honest, um, thinking <laughs> back on it. It's, it's, it that's, that obviously shows how little impact it actually had. The only I one at the that time, ever... people were all over it. They were like, "Wow, did, who did you save?" Oh, you know, spoilers. You know, it was. See, I thought it was daft because it it made it quite clear that whoever you killed, you were going to get their apartment to live in. Yeah. Now, Playboy X lives in a massive house <laughs> that's in a much better location. <laughs> yeah. So, I wanted that house, and and that sort of drilled my decision. I mean, we'd we'd had decisions in game that in games before. That was you know, no mystery. We've had decisions that are tougher to make in games like, you know, Deus Ex or, or whatever. So th- these decisions sort of fell incredibly flat, almost like, like Jay said, passed him by. It was like, oh, well, okay, that one. <laughs> it didn't really make any impact on the story. And as much as they tried to, you know, dress it up like it would, it was incredibly clear that you were essentially making a choice for a safe house. <laughs> Have a yeah. nice apartment or a, or a shittier one. Yeah. Uh, let's hear from Alex again, Alex79UK, contributor to the Cana Rinse forum. GTA 4 was a game I'd been looking forward to for ages. My girlfriend bought it for me on release day as an early birthday present, and I actually booked a week off work to play it. 
cool. Uh, as opposed to GTA 5, where I've actively tried to avoid too much info on the game, I eagerly devoured any trailers, screenshots, and snippets of information about the fourth instalment. I think it's fair to say that by the time the game was released, I was at absolute fever point. When I finally popped the disc in my 360, I wasn't disappointed. First impressions were great, the graphics were amazing, and the 5.1 audio mix dragged you straight into the heart of Liberty City. Then I got in a car and sped off, and the driving felt way off the mark. It was really loose, and crashes were plentiful. For a game that's arguably 50% driving and 50% combat, it seemed odd for the game to be such a departure handling-wise from previous instalments. Still, it didn't take long to become accustomed to the new handling, and before long I was handbraking around corners and pulling 180s as if nothing had ever changed. My first few hours, nay days, with the game were excellent, but then at some point, and I can't remember exactly when, it all started to fall apart. The missions became incredibly repetitive and dull, keeping up friendships with other characters became nothing but a grind, and eventually even Liberty City itself became a grey and brown boring blur of monotony. The game tried to implement new stuff that it just didn't need to. There was a morality system barely touched upon to the point that it was completely redundant. The lack of flying vehicles was a real disappointment. The helicopters just weren't as much fun as all the jets and different planes in San, San Andreas. I can totally see why they, why they were going for a more realistic game, but it seemed to be massively at the expense of fun. There are plenty of positive things to mention, though. Combat was solid, the cover system worked well, and shooting from cars had been greatly improved. Whilst Nico wasn't particularly likeable or charismatic, there were a few really good characters. The steroid-pumped car nut, was it Bruce, was a standout for me. Unfortunately, by the time I'd reached the end of the game, I just had enough of it all. It's the only GTA I've never replayed. I don't think the soundtrack helped either, it just didn't have the iconic tracks we heard in Vice City and San Andreas. Uh, we may as well talk a little about the soundtrack at that point then. Um, it is true that uh, the soundtrack in Vice City is regarded as, you know, a fantastic compilation in its own right of 80s music. And mm. I know this, it's not my genre, but I know that the San Andreas box set soundtrack is widely regarded as a fantastic sort of collection to introduction to African-American uh, hip hop and you know, rap music of, <laughs> of that era. So, um, I guess by its own, by its very nature, the soundtrack to GTA four is kind of, it's more eclectic. There's it's, I think, you know, there were other genres in, in San Andreas and Vice City, but, um, I guess GTA fours is kind of covers a lot more bases, doesn't it? There's a metal station and a pop station and a, and a, yeah. a sort of new agey station. And there's some amazing music in there, some brilliant choices, but it doesn't have the same personality, I suppose, as a whole thing. Is that fair? Uh, I'd, if you're only talking about licensed music, yeah. But I think fours radio stations excel at anything that have come before. Um, just, because partly is sort of to try and find audio tracks that might get into cut into the show. I was listening to, I mean, they've obviously taken them from the PC version, but people have uploaded YouTube videos of the audio from the radio stations, the talk radio stations. And these things are like 50 minutes a piece, you know, yeah. and they've got what a couple of dozen, there's at least what 15 radio stations in there. It's insane. The, the level of work that has gone into these, radio stations that you can completely ignore. You can have it turned off in your options so you never hear it. And I, I sat there literally for three hours yesterday listening to um, We Know the Truth, which is the right-wing conservative radio station. Still relevant, I reckon, to this day, I'm sure. Yeah, and I think it's called <laughs> Integrity is the other one, which is um, has the return of Laszlo. 
and it's it's genuinely fucking hilarious stuff mm. and it's so well produced it, it's they're fantastic and yeah i find that i've spent more time in four just listening to what is on the radio stations in the game um i have this thing that even just the other day uh, and this is maybe going on to where it's uh, these are my positive aspects of the game. I love getting into cabs in this game. I position myself on one side of the map, get into a cab and travel right across to the other side, taking the longest route possible and just watch in first person the trip. As you know, you can just sit in the back seat, listen to the cab driver, scream abuse at people as, as they pass and just listen to the radio and watch the world go by. It is absolutely, it's something I've never, ever got bored of. Even five years later, I'm still doing it. Yeah, it, that that is actually one of my favourite parts of the entire game as well. Is is getting taxis? It's very clever. But is that is is that a game? That bit? <laughs> it, is it a game? Well, that, I think it's it's the one thing that always makes me pick up Rockstar games is is their open world. I, I don't. Funnily enough, the only Rockstar game I haven't picked up recently was Max Payne, probably because it wasn't an open world in that in the same sort of sense of, no, of what they've done. No, no, yeah, no. so. I, with Red Dead Redemption, LA Noir, I just loved the worlds they create. And recently, like last week, I was playing Infamous 2. And although it's a great world and it's, it's you know, visually impressive in, in part in places, you realise how bland it is mm. when compared to the likes of GTA or just the Rockstar Games open world sense. You know, they just, they invest so much detail in there and texture it with audio, which... View uh, the radio stations just add that extra background to everything. They just they they create the sense that it is a real living, breathing city because the radio stations are referring to shops that are actually there and places you can walk past in the street, and so it gives this 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 sense of real investment in in the world they've created that you don't see that in in, in many others. I mean, Saints Row is probably the only one that's ever ever tried to emulate it. Yeah, I mean, if uh, I. I've completed Saints Row 2 and I've played a little of Saints Row 3 and obviously, you know, that that franchise has gone down a, a very different path and, and deliberately mm. so, as Carl said. But um, just in terms of the amount and the quality of uh, extra stuff, you know, Saints Row's got some great licensed tracks in it and stuff and, and some yeah. funny moments where the characters sing along to the music and stuff. But the quality of script and the amount of scripted stuff is just so far short of mm. rock star stuff for me i mean it, you know it's a matter of taste really because it's humor most of it's humorous and it's gonna you know what makes you laugh more is is so subjective but um for me i you know i think there's there's tons of detail and as you say and, and wit in the rock star stuff that the saints row stuff is is just you know it's not trying to be that sort of satirical or anything it's just if it, if it's if it's satirizing anything it's it's gta um and it's just, it's kind of, it's like, I don't know, it's like jackass sort of level mm-hmm. humor rather than um, yeah. uh, an American It's like satire. lowest common, it's, it's <laughs> lowest common denominator comedy in Saints Row compared to really sort of polished wit and parody um, in, in the Grand Theft Auto games. And I think if Rockstar are known for anything, it is essentially polishing stuff to the sort of nth degree. And I think, you know, bringing up the radio stations is... They are as anticipated in GTA games as, you know, 
major, major features in any other game. And people can't wait, you know, they're obviously anticipating Grand Theft Auto V because they want to know what the radio stations are like. Mm. And I think um, GTA 4 does have some great stuff, and Jay is right that, the, you know, the political or the adverts and, and that side of stuff is much superior, in, at least in my opinion, to the music. Um, again, as I mentioned with the story, they were going for a sense of realism. I know for a fact that they actually sent uh, specific people out to find the the upcoming tunes in New York to sort of get that feeling of of the city developing to put that in GTA Four, and I think that's maybe why the you know the there is a lack of iconic tracks or a number of iconic tracks. So there are some there, but some are taken up by a more modern sense to try and get a feeling of what the city's mm. like overall and. Um, you know, and Leon, you mentioned that you know Vice City and San Andreas both had very well received CD releases in in box sets, and you know I have friends that have bought both, mm. um, and they had no interest in going out and buying a GTA Four compilation because it just didn't feel the same. It didn't feel as connected to the theme. You, you know, they mm. were they were quite clearly based on those games, and GTA was like very modern day your real life sort of thing and and they sort of nailed that but for me it also lost what made the previous games a bit special you know i can appreciate why they did it but it didn't really appeal to me in that regard i always found myself going to you know i was going to stick journey channel on and try and find some jean-michel jarre or find some great 80s classics on on other channels mm-hmm. rather than listen to anything that was going to make me feel like i was in new york I wonder uh, what the, the GTA Five soundtrack's going to sort of go for. Whether it's going to have a theme, or whether it'll just be a, a you know sort of another mishmash of contemporary tunes, could make all the difference to people. Seemingly, um, another comment that came up from Alex there and has come up from a lot of people is the vehicle handling, which obviously is quite a relevant thing um, because this is called Grand Theft Auto and. You know, one of our three-word reviews, I can't remember who it's from, we'll come to it later, is something like too much driving. So like, this is GTA, you know, it's like mm, yeah. this is this is at its heart a driving and shooting game. Um, I think it's fine that it's got loads of driving in it. If you don't want to do loads of driving, probably don't play a game that's got it in the title. Um, but the handling of the cars did feel different, no doubt. Uh oh. Was it problematic for you, fellas? It was when I went back to it this week. Really? Um, yeah, because yeah, you forget. For some reason, you, it's, it's like Alex was saying, you do get used to it. And once you start playing again, you, 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 your brain switches back into the way that it handles. So you start, you, you can drive. But for the first sort of five, ten minutes, while I was replaying it, put it in, it was crashing into lampposts, spinning out all over the place. I, just, I was just swaying all over the road. I was thinking, what the hell's going on? <laughs> But yeah, it's. It, I don't know why they chose to to give it such a a unique f- method to the to the drive. You know, I say unique, but you know what I mean. It was just different to what you would expect to some degree. Whether it's just in the physics of the car, whether it's just the handling. Or the, mm. <laughs> Carl, what do you I mean, reckon? You, you're into driving games, particularly and stuff. So how, how did you know? And obviously, you'd played previous installment so what did you make of the car handling quite an important part it's completely odd and i mean there were some strange decisions in the game and you mentioned yourself the game is a driving and shooting game Hmm. (laughs) and they are the worst two elements of the game for me Uh, way beyond anything else i mean the handling is very loose um (laughs) 
ridiculously loose. But it outside of that, they have a really strange camera shot where it, even when you're driving, it's always on a one-third view. You're never directly behind the car, which is kind of weird. And then when you turn, the camera swoops so much later than the car that you actually get a side-on view of the car mm. as you turn in blind into every corner. Now, that is just a bizarre decision because that makes no sense whatsoever. Mm. Um, and, you know... We've seen that system has not been replicated at all. It wasn't replicated in Saints Row. It wasn't replicated in L.A. Noire. It wasn't replicated in Mafia 2. <laughs> Hell, even sort of driving the horse and cart in Red Dead Redemption is more responsive than the, the handling of any car in this game. Um, it's it's just an, a very odd decision. I, I, I don't know what they were getting at. It didn't feel cinematic. It didn't feel responsive. I would like to you know, have a sit down with with the design team and actually discuss that feature in particular is why did you go for such a strange method of handling? It doesn't feel realistic. It doesn't, I really don't know what they were trying. Well, that's only part of the, I mean, the thing is you do get used to the way it handles and then you, you sort of, you, you compensate for it as you're playing. But the problem I found was trying to shoot whilst driving. Yeah. That's just, it, I, I mean, literally, I was I was doing this the other day thinking, how the hell do I fucking shoot out of the window again? I can't even, like, nothing felt intuitive at all. And yeah, it's it's weird. It, uh, you know, uh, Alex there said that it had been improved from previous games, and I'm, I'm sure that's true, but, but playing it now, it's a weird control setup, mm. isn't it? And it's very yeah. hard to it's keep your car. It's very weird. Keep your, but then it probably is quite hard to keep your car, car going straight while shooting at another car, but perhaps not as hard as the game makes it. I don't know. I mean, know. it's weird because I went back to the lot and damned and that throws you straight in on a sort of a shooting mission as you're riding your bike and mm. you realise that it is a bit all over the place and again some of the controls are so weird um, I mean this might be the only game I can ever remember where on the Playstation 3 you aim with R1 and shoot with L1 <laughs> I don't really know what that's all about no, because you have no real controller customization either which a, a massive bugbear of mine anyway in any game but Just... why I'm aiming with the shoot button and shooting with the aim button is yeah, weird. a game that Almost, you know, it's got so many features and facets and so many things you can do that they're running out of space on the controller to, I don't know. But um, I must say, I actually didn't have a particular problem with the car handling in this game. It does feel a bit skatey at first. It's also worth remembering there are loads of different vehicles and they don't all handle the same way. Um, you can find ones that are perhaps yeah. a bit less yeah, prone some, to... Some are more rigid, but that camera angle is a feature. That, that That's where it... Really got me. That that d- didn't bother me apart from in uh, when you know, and this is another gameplay bugbear that a lot of people have is when it actually costs you doing the mission because, like you say, you go mm. blind into a corner, you crash out because you can't see something coming, and then you're sent back twenty minutes to the previous checkpoint. Then then it's shit. So in some ways, it's unforgivable. But actually, I have to say, I had a lot of fun driving the cars around in GTA 4 more so than in previous installments once I really got I really got good at the handbrake turns and stuff so I was yeah. pretty much like after 20 hours into the game I was driving like a boss you know it just every you know I would turn up at places and just do you know do that thing where you park between two cars with yeah. a handbrake and I think there's a depth to the handling that that but it, but it, it takes a long while to get I, to that point I have always it's, found with GTA games that you've got to find the vehicle the best you've got to find that vehicle that you kind of becomes your car mm. and with the, with gta 3 it was the yakuza i can't remember was it yakuza stinger 
it was like their default sports car. Mm-hmm. And I found that that handled really well. So I'd, I would always nick that. I'd always find out where they parked <laughs> it and always know where there was always one there. Yeah, yeah. And it's the same with Ford. There was, there's a car that's, for some reason, I always think of it as it's similar in, in its design to the Vanquish. <laughs> I can't remember what it is, but I've actually got it typed in on my um, mobile phone to, as a cheat so I can just bring one up at any point on the map. <laughs> right, and, yeah. uh I used the Bobcat pickup truck because I crashed into so many things. I'd like something that lasted a little bit longer. <laughs> yeah. um, but I mean, that camera angle is not just a feature in the in the driving as well. And I wasn't um, remembering back. I wasn't too critical on the driving. Mm. It's, it is something that you know. Going back to it now, I'm like, whoa, that is a bit odd. But mm. it's mm. even when you're walking around as Nico, if you try and turn that camera angle around, it'll allow you. But it's almost actively fighting back, and then it almost like overcompensates and flick pa- flicks back past the character the other way before settling straight directly behind him. So in mm. situations where you're trying to clear out apartments or something and you're going up and down stairs, it's very hard to almost see where enemies are. Yeah. I it's, don't actually, was that, that different that in the stuff, previous games? I can't remember. Um, I can't remember if it was uh, in the previous games, but I know it shouldn't have been in this one. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, and as regards to, you know, we may as well talk about the shooting as well, which is obviously another thing you spend a lot of time doing. Um, yeah. it's, in 2008, it was, again, an improvement on previous GTAs, you know, better lock-on, mm. better cover mechanic and stuff like that. Um, playing it in 2011, which is now a couple of years ago, um, it felt a little bit old-fashioned and a bit insubstantial, yeah. but it wasn't terrible. It certainly wasn't like, oh, this is unplayable. I, I had I remember having good fun in the shootouts and actually, you know, when nico was doing his i'm completely fucking unhinged shouting (laughs) stuff um that was actually that was actually pretty sort of uh exciting stuff shall we say it was hugely improved over the previous ones Mm. um i I mean i'm not going to lie it is massively improved and there is of course a bedding in process it was the well it was the second time they'd used the rage engine but it was the first time they'd used it on anything like this so there are always going to be teething problems and we've seen since you know we've had rockstar games with uh, Red Dead Redemption and L.A. Noire and Max Payne 3 that all offer a very good shooting. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, each one is Im- improves on the predecessor. So as as a starting block, I'm, GTA 4 was there. GTA 5 is going to be hugely improved in that department given you know, the previous games that Rockstar have put out. Yeah, I mean, I actually, I, I don't agree about L.A. Noire. I, I didn't really enjoy the shooting in that as much as in GTA, but... Um... I, although you know your opinion of Max Payne Three is is echelons higher than mine, um, I did say to somebody recently that I thought if they basically bolted the Max Payne Three shooting into GTA um, Five, that would be pretty much spot on. Um, yeah, I would be very happy. My problems with, that. with Max Payne Three were not the the actual act of shooting and aiming; it was just the fact that the game is boring. But yeah. the the actual the actual shooting and and aiming is is fine. And it, yes. Me- mechanically, the game is pretty spot on. It's whether or not you take to the rest. Put that in. Put that into an open yeah. world and stuff. Yeah, you've got you. You're onto something, definitely. Um, let's hear from Buckled Kipper. He's he he liked GTA Four more than most people. He says controversial opinion, which again, I just like to state state. It's a funny thing to say about the highest rated game of all time. <laughs> Controversial opinion, but this is actually my favourite of the series. Memorable lead character for once and a really immersive game world. Possibly the most underrated multiplayer of all time as well. We'll talk about that a bit later. Not at not a great length, though. Um, let's hear from another correspondent, shall we? Uh, 
with a view to sparking off further conversation. Robotic Monkey says, GTA 4 is the best worst game that I own. Or should that be the worst best game? So much stuff to do in the game, so many things to see and so many places to explore. I feel, however, that most of my enjoyment from the game came from messing around in free roam in multiplayer. Clicking on the jazz radio station and going for a nice gentle drive across the city, absorbing the sights and sounds, seeing how the people interact with the city and one another. The game for me was rammed full of so many exciting moments where careful detail had been placed into things. I remember shooting at a car, the windscreen flashing with red, followed by the driver slumping forward in their seat and the car accelerating wildly out of control and running me over. I heard people complaining about the cars controlling badly and that they felt too sloshy. I think they handled just like an actual car and once you got used to driving a little more gently, the car physics were just fine. So why then is it my best worst game? Well, while the city was nicely crafted and the cars and driving were handled well, the rest of the game, to me, just felt a bit meh. There was little variety in the missions, just repeated iterations of steal from this, here, shoot this person, chase this person. One mission in particular, three-leaf clover, ultimately made me give up on the game. I tried every variant of trying to run ahead of my teammates who I had to nanny or hanging back and trying to pick people off to keep them safe. But every single time someone would die and I'd be reset back to half an hour ago for another agonising drive across the city back to the same bank heist. I had no emotional investment in the story. I felt that I was being led by the story to believe that Nico is a troubled man with a past that he would like to forget and move on from. Sadly, I spent most of the game thinking that Nico was a bit of a jerk and was continuing to surround himself with morally bankrupt people. The writing seemed a little schizophrenic and kept flip-flopping between trying to be gritty, poignant and serious, disinterested with moments of, hey, it's my wacky friend Bruce. Isn't Bruce wacky? He's saying silly things. Let's go and drink beer and look at boobies. It's not that either approach to the game would have been bad, but it left me feeling like a lot of the writing was just a bit awkward. The AI seemed rather clumsy, trying to escape and being shot at in your car while your AI companion is running in circles around the car because they seem to have forgotten how to use a door handle. I probably don't need to go into how irritating it was to have to answer your phone every five minutes <laughs> to go out with one of your wacky friends. I think uh, Robotic Monkey raises a few good points there. Certainly the tone thing that we talked about earlier. Yeah. Um, he also mentions again, I think that that particular mission, Three Leaf Clover, comes up quite a few times in people's criticisms because it had it was particularly tough it was particularly out of your control as to how it would pan out and it had particularly long checkpoints. Yeah, I, it's weird because uh, I remember two notoriously annoying missions in that game were Three Leaf Clover and mm. No Love Lost. And I'm wondering if they were intentionally made to be more awkward because they are the the founding stories of both the main elements of the two DLCs. Um, I guess, how planned was that? I, I'm not well, so I mean, sure. Three Leaf Clover's the bank robbery at which... Uh, Ballad of Gay Tony stats and the oh, yeah, No Love yeah. Lost is where you chase down the uh, motorcyclist for dating the daughter and, yeah, and, yeah. and God, that's yes. how he dies in uh, Lost and the Damned and it's blamed on the other gang rather than the actual killer which is obviously Nico Yeah I don't know if that is uh, I, I don't know I don't know how far they'd got down the road of deciding on what they were doing for for the extra episodes at that point but um it's certainly true i do remember having the most trouble with those i think the first time i put the game down was at the yeah the no love lost one um i can't it's not even that long when you actually do it no it's, it's frustrating just frustrating coming it's, off your bike or or, or whatever yeah. the state of it is and i mean this is obviously I, I did it around near enough the launch time and um 
mm. you know, those two even then stood out. So it was there was there was a wry smile when I realised that you know the DLCs were relevant <laughs> to those two missions. Jay, any? Uh, do, well, I'm you... gonna I'm definitely gonna side with him with the mobile phone thing. Although the actual implementation of putting the mobile in the game was mm. i thought was really good i mean almost it, genius i would say yeah, I mean, it, it just, you see it all yeah. the time now it's yeah. it's almost standard in the genre but it was so clever at the time oh absolutely and and then even the way you could uh like they added cheat codes as numbers so you could keep yeah. them and store them on your phone which i thought was just a really clever way of putting that stuff in but as he said, every five minutes you're getting a call from somebody and because they had that friendship meter thing where mm. you, people would get pissed off if you didn't keep hanging out with them and stuff, I got that grew to be extremely tedious by about midpoint through the game. As soon as you had several friends yeah. lined up, it just I, I would just ignore those calls constantly. That's exactly my decision was basically give up on trying to maintain these friendships. Mm. Um, enjoy the game in the way that you want to enjoy it. Uh, it's kind of like the, the the San Andreas stuff with the eating and the and the yeah. personal appearance. It's it's there, but you don't. It doesn't really affect the outcome of the story or anything like that. If you don't, well, they would add those stupid conditions to it. They would say, "Let's meet at this pub," and you would have a time limit to get to that pub, and it would be halfway across <laughs> yeah. the city. So you've got to like steal a car, jump in, burn rubber to get there, and it was just like, "Oh fuck this! It's too much hassle," you know? Yeah, and things like you know, you'd actually. You'd get there, and like the the pool mini game was atrocious. Yeah. Like the ball physics were absolutely appalling, and um, the temping bowling the same. Like if those, I know it seems crazy in this ridiculously rich, detailed game world, but if you're gonna put mini games in there, you know, this this goes to Shenmue as well. <laughs> Make them enjoyable to play. Like no one's gonna waste time hanging out playing pool if if the pool minigame is is complete garbage yeah. which and i think is. they were such heralded features as well weren't they they were you know they like like i mentioned i was looking forward to the games within a game element that had been you know so highly pushed and yeah. i think da- the darts wasn't too bad but the rest was pretty atrocious and it's almost like the plan this relationship thing like we've got such a great idea for a game it's going to you know add this immersion mm-hmm. element and it's like the, oh, the you almost get the impression that they've played it through development gone, this is a bit boring, but we've sort of come a bit too far here. We've just got to leave it in. And I don't know a single mm. person who thought, yes, get in, the relationship's part of it, superb. I, can't, I think if we can briefly transport ourselves back to around the time of release 2008, I think I'd be lying if I said I wasn't intrigued by it, mm. but I think it's another one of those things where conceptually it was more interesting than the reality. Yes. It may be something that is, uh, you know, could be worked on and integrated better. Um, oh, and- well, I, I think to some extent that Rockstar have, have they've done this since and mm. implemented. I mean, certainly Red Dead Redemption implemented the mini game stuff quite well. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, I, I did spend. I mean, all right, I admit I had to do them as part of missions that you were given, but you know, Dead's, Dead Man's Dice and stuff like that, I actually kind of got into that game for a, a brief moment, you know, because I actually thought this is quite, it's actually quite good. And so well, maybe, that, you know. Yeah, that was sensible design because they made it things where, like having a, a fully working pool or bowl, bowling sim within a, a current generation game is not necessarily going to be an easy thing to do when it's part of a, a massive world. Because, you know, you might not think mm. much about them, but actually to program a really good pool sim is 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 a huge undertaking programming ball physics and things like that it's not easy well, I mean, the thing is um, this came off the back of 
uh, Rockstar presents table tennis as well. Oh, yeah, because uh, that was the first. That we was, that was, that yeah, that was the first test of the Rage Engine, and I remember the talk was well, if the and obviously they, it was well known that that was sort of knocked up quite quickly, and people were thinking, yeah, yeah. "Wow, if they can do that quickly, how good is the stuff going to be inside?" Thingy, and then, I remember the first time I went to play pool, I was like, "Oh." Oh, yeah, yeah, the thing is, they were obviously keen, understandably so, to not have like loading screens and stuff like that between uh, electing to play a game, bowling or pool, and mm. and doing it, uh, or or minimal anyway, um, and to keep it within the same engine and you know not to break immersion. But unfortunately, that meant that you, you were limited to just ridiculously poor physics and interaction so so no one's going to spend time you know who cares if you've got the highest score on on bowling because it's pretty much arbitrary anyway you know except the, the you know for people who wanted the achievements that did actually link a what is it three strikes in a row achievement or something achievement and trophy uh, yeah, and i remember that drove yeah. people i know absolutely mad but i ended up fluking yeah, it so i it think didn't i fluked me. it <laughs> yeah uh had a black 39 He's also positive about GTA 4. It is hands down his favourite, absolute favourite game of this generation. I remember being genuinely disappointed when the release date slipped from 07 to April 08, but also eagerly scanning the internet for any morsel of information in the intervening months made it well worth the wait. It still amazes me that Rockstar managed to completely keep any gameplay footage away from the public until release day, a tactic they look set to replicate with GTA 5, which only added to the incredible hype that had reached fever pitch come launch day. Unfortunately, midnight launches were not popular in my hometown, so I had to wait until the next morning. I barely slept that Monday night and rose that sunny April morning to purchase my copy. From the second a game started, I became Nico Bellic. He's now in prison. Uh, the incredible attention to detail, the fully fleshed out characters, the gripping central story drew me in for hours at a time. I would play GTA 4 at any spare opportunity. There was no other game that came close at the time and few have taken over my life in such a way since. I understand there are a considerable amount of people that missed the over-the-top wackiness of earlier GTA games, but I embraced the serious tone Rockstar took with GTA 4. It really felt more like a hard-boiled thriller as a result. So somebody, uh, somebody out there agreed with the review scores, com- yeah. you know, completely. And he's going to love this nice podcast. But um, it, it, what I did quite like is how he mentioned that, you know, he lived that game and it drew him in, and he would play it. And it, it, funny enough, when I saw that, it reminded me of uh, way back when uh, you were doing uh, Gimmedoc, and Jay was talking mm-hmm. about Red Dead Redemption. That's mm. always the bit, whenever I think back about Red Dead Redemption, that's always the comments I remember about it. It was Jay talking about it. And it's, mm. you know, I always sort of envied him, the ability to sort of be drawn into that game like that and for anybody to be drawn into any game in such a way. So for someone to be drawn into GTA 4 like that and love it, it, it is absolutely fantastic. And I can sort of understand why it would, with there being so much in there, it would do that. Um, the thing that annoys me, I guess, is just out of pure selfishness, is that it didn't for me. Mm, mm. Yeah, I mean, I certainly, uh, I suppose, a direct comparison is fairly useless, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, I certainly much, much preferred Red Dead Redemption to GTA oh my Four. God, yes. um, interestingly, I, you know, I, I kind of, in the end, although I, I'd played a fair amount of GTA Four before I played Red Dead Redemption, it was actually playing through Red Dead Redemption and completing it 
um, because it was the first one of Rockstar's open world games with those with that structure that I'd finished. It was actually that that inspired me to go back to GTA 4 and the episodes and play them through back to back. Um, and I'm glad I did. Uh, but Red Dead was still better. Yeah, even <laughs> though better. you, you know, there yeah. were similarities to having a mass murdering protagonist that seems to be doing it for a yeah, reason that's amazing. not necessarily necessary, but. You know, at least yeah. No, you, you, charisma you, goes I guess the way. thing with that is, you, you with Red Dead, you you there was um, you empathise with that character on a, on a level because he was he was he was about getting back to his family. Yeah. So there was there was there was um, method in his madness. Yeah, and and <laughs> you knew his reasons for doing what he did, and and so on, and and. I mean, it's not perfect in any yeah, way. Yeah, but, at least you felt like he was fighting for a purpose. Yeah. You know, at least with Nico, you just feel like he actually kind of enjoys it. And I mean, he's quite an ironic character, isn't he? Because there's the the fact that you can go drink driving in Grand Theft Auto, hmm. um, which I thought was a great feature because I thought it was quite well implemented. Um, it was pretty funny. Is that, is that when he got in his car, he would always say, I shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> but he doesn't say anything when it comes to murdering thousands of people. So he obviously hasn't got a problem with anything else. Yeah. You know, you can beat people's innocence senseless around the head in the streets, not a problem. But, I mean, I know it came because of the uh, there was a complaint from uh, Mad, I think it is, Mothers right. Against mm. Drink Driving. Okay. Um, and they wanted the game either banned or adult only. Um, because Surely it's adult only anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but because there was drink driving in it, um, so I, I think this was sort of added at a later date that there would, you know, he would say, obviously still before release, um, that he would state, "I shouldn't be doing this." Like we don't know that you shouldn't be drink driving, but you know, but I don't just the found cops, that quite. Don't ironic. the cops respond to you as well straight away if they if you're drink driving? Yes, uh, I believe that. Yeah. They, uh, yeah, they say on the radios that I believe we mm. have a drink driver or something, and they pursue and then. When the spot that you're a bit all over the place, they do follow it. It's a nice feature, but I mean that is one of the better implemented. Take some longer to respond to you beating a prostitute to death to get your money back. <laughs> yes. Either of you got anything else you'd like to say about GTA Four that isn't for your summary? But before we move on to a little talk about multiplayer, there's loads of in-depth things. Obviously, we've not mentioned the fact that there's a whole internet system built up in the game, yeah, yeah, the dating, the, yeah. the crime thing, and uh, I mean there are there are little features like um, you can date a character who's essentially Carrie Bradshaw from Sex and the City, um, and mm. when you go and see her, you can then check the internet the next day, and she's blogging about you, and it it's, it goes uh, mm. sort of gets sort of more and more. Sort of sexy as it goes along, and salacious. It, and it, yeah. Yes, and uh, you know, I'm, I know on one of them it mentions that you know, oh, Nico came around last night. Uh, we had funny, spanked me with a frying pan, and you know, it's just sort of really strange stuff that's sort of in there that a vast majority of players might not even see. And I think these are the kind of things that I enjoy. And some of some of the environments that you might walk past, like when you're going up the boardwalk to go to the bowling alley, you pass a sort of a, a mini golf area that is mm. so well detailed and you yeah. think it is a really rich world especially for mm. you know 2008 which which you know obviously it is this generation but in any other console generation that's you know so long that we'd be on another console by now so you almost have to appreciate that the world that was built in that thing and it had some fantastic lighting and shadowing so mm. there's the, still even now even though graphically it's aged and it has a horrible noise filter and it's incredibly blurry, particularly on the PS3 mm. version, it's very blurry. Mm. Um, there's a lot, you know, you've got to admire the, the craftsmanship that went into it. There's a lot of love in that city and there. 
yeah, I mean, that is great even now. Yeah, one of the, we'll talk a little about the multiplayer. Um, one of the sort of most striking memories I have of is, is playing, um, getting in the helicopter, which is rather easier to do in a multiplayer than it is, you know, takes rather less time than in the, the single player game. And, and seeing the engine uh, that, you know, is able to do the entire city from the sky and <laughs> it looks really good and the frame rate is entirely good. You know, it's not, it doesn't start, really chugging or anything you can still obviously you know it reduces detail things below and stuff but even playing it in 2011 um it had started to look a little fuzzy on the xbox 360 but actually flying around the water still looked good flying under the bridges taking in the scenery at night it was still really impressive um and the multiplayer you know the 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 free roaming stuff like and i only ever played the sort of deathmatchy type stuff a little bit um, let's hear from Robotic Monkey again. He says the multiplayer gaming was great fun. The court missions were great. Racing was spoiled by the fact there was always one jerk who would park traffic and jam up the streets. And multiplayer in general for me was spoiled by one of the most unintuitive multiplayer matchmaking systems. It felt like a wrestle and lots of loading screen watching while trying to set up. All true. But um, I had such so many hilarious sessions of just shenanigans multiplayer sessions with with GTA 4 just with a group of mates making up our own rules and pissing about like some of my fondest multiplayer memories of this sort of last you know well the online era really I should say anybody else or did you know, a lot of people pretty much ignored it um I did play a lot of it at the time yeah. but it, it yeah we used to again it was just where we would just be all friends in the game and just rocket matches that kind of thing and it, you know, similar to the way that we played sort of Uncharted Two as well. It was just, you know, um, it was good in small. You know, you play for an hour, an hour and a half, and then put it away for a bit. You know, and it, there was never any real investment. It was just a laugh. You know, and and you do crazy shit like you know nicking cars and just dro- trying to run each other over and stuff. Just, just, yeah, it was fun. You know, but I don't. <sighs> I'm curious to see where they take this in five. I think they, you know, again with Red Dead Redemption, I think they there was an aspect to that multiplayer that worked a lot better for me. But you know, we'll see. Had some of the same problems as well, though, didn't it? Yeah, but I say I had more investment. What I actually did was turn it into single player (laughs) because I used to lock the room because you could do your own, you know, your private room. So it would just be me, and I would literally go and do the uh, the multiplayer gang hideout missions on my own and i enjoyed it yeah you know if if anybody i knew came on then yeah we'd we'd play together but otherwise i, I didn't want to play with just random no. so i would lock it up yeah i mean red dead right. redemption has a lot more focus doesn't it and it will put you in little small arenas and and you, there was more control over the matchmaking that you were being made than gta 4 so mm. 5 will be great in that regard but i mean 4 was in, in multiplayer, it was probably the most pure form of dicking around, wasn't it? You could mm. play with your friends and do whatever you want without the rules and regulations of the single player. And we used to do, I would play with like uh, friends from uh, work at the time. And some of the stuff we'd do was just the daftest modes. Like uh, someone would get a car at the full length of the street as far as possible and start just accelerating towards you in the middle of the street. And your job was to headshot him out of the car before yeah, he ran yeah, you yeah. over. Yeah. And it, he was playing basically games of chicken, except you were trying to shoot the car. Um, and obviously, if you got in the car, would swerve out the way. <laughs> and it was just, it was just daft stuff like that. You again making your own rules for yeah, absolutely crazy like, things. Um, one of you would have to get away from the others in a car, or you know, like you'd set up a finishing point 
that the others had to get to. Um, it it could potentially be interesting if they. I mean, who knows what they've actually got planned? Because, like you said, they've been incredibly tight lipped about five. But playing Infamous Two, there was that interesting thing where people could build mm. multiplayer components into the single player game that was then picked up as you. And I, I, there's there's always part of me that thinks that could be quite interesting with this Grand Theft Auto game. If you can create little submissions that you you set the rules, you set the thing, and, and people can then decide to go into them and, and test them out and stuff, which, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm ho- I'm hoping for something similar to like Project Holland Racing's Route Planner, um, where you can plan these really exotic routes and, and have them immediately employed in, across multiplayer mm-hmm. games. And, you know, you daft little stuff like that, whereas it, you're not sort of focused on a set route so you can do like these most incredible parts or perhaps the ability to do like a tiered race like a, a car bike and helicopter or you know hmm. really allow for so many sort of rule changes for you for what you wanted i think that would be absolutely superb um, I mean, there's so much potential there it's whether they you know they can sort of make it work uh, and come together um we're running low on time so we'll have to be brief as regards to the episodes from liberty city um the Lost and Damned came out a few months after. I can't remember exactly when it was. Um, I thought it was. I thought it was two thousand and nine, wasn't it? I, did, I didn't think it came mm. out the same year. I thought it came out quite early a good time, next year. Yeah, no, you're right. They both came out in two thousand and nine. Yeah, and obviously later on they became uh, available as a, a two pack disc, which was a good idea. Um, they run under their own steam. So once again, we'll hear from Alex79UK because he is our most comprehensive correspondent on all things GTA. As regards to The Lost and Damned, he says, The Lost and Damned was brilliant. Johnny was a much better lead character. The story was tighter. The mission's more fun. And a special mention goes to the bike races, which really evoked fond memories of the Road Rash games on the Sega Mega Drive for me. I think that's, yeah, I think I agree with everything he says. It's every bit as frustrating as Road Rush on the Mega Drive as well, but kind of, you know, enjoyable to play. But yeah, Johnny is a, a much superior character. He, yeah. You sort of feel his emotion and place in the whole proceeding is a lot better. You know, he plays number two to a maniacal tyrant of a number one. Psychopath. Uh, leading, leading the place, yeah. It's another you, horrible bunch of arseholes. Right? Yeah. I mean, they really are. Like... But you almost feel for him because obviously in, when the leader is out, he goes and draws a truce with the rival gang and and things are running better. And, you know, he's almost... He has to be loyal through his brotherhood to the club, but you know the leader's sort of testing his patience and is constantly pushing him. It, it's he is a much more completely rounded character within the story yeah. than Nico is in GTA Four. Definitely. So I never saw the Sons of Anarchy, but I gather that's what it's based on. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Very much so. Mm. And the Ballad of Gay Tony again. Alex seventy nine says the Ballad of Gay Tony was also a lot of fun. I think the character you play, Lewis, was probably my favourite and the most well-written of the three main protagonists. I really enjoyed the way all three stories intertwined through the main game and two add-ons. It was fun playing essentially the same mission from three three viewpoints in places. I'm hoping this is something GTA V can build on. So I think the Ballad of Gay Tony is kind of known as the one where GTA got fun again. Uh, They brought back parachutes and some other sort of some some of the more sort of wacky pursuits and pastimes and obviously the uh 
gay Tony himself as a flamboyant character. Um, and it was still a bunch of criminal scumbags doing criminal scumbag things. And there were drugs and violence and all this, but it was, the tone was generally a bit lighter and more, uh, disco flavored. <laughs> it's amazing how much you can forgive when humor is introduced mm. into it all. It's, uh, you know, that obviously the characters don't feel as dislikable, even though they're not nice people. And, you know, like you say, it's it's the ability to base jump essentially, and you know, you, you, you can't. The Tony's so flamboyant that he he's got a gold helicopter, and uh, you can go dancing in his nightclubs and stuff. It, it, it's essentially, yeah, it's fun. It's it's a lot more fun than the other two. Yeah, I mean, I think Lewis is probably the most normal of all the characters in the GTA game. Anyway, he's he's always trying to talk the others out of doing this crazy shit. Anyway. And he's, you know, he's often gets dragged into it as a reluctant sort of uh, sidekick in these these missions, but it's, it, in the missions in that particular thing. So it's just, yeah, I, I don't know. I think of the of the of both. I enjoyed both of the um, the expansions, but I think Ballad was by far the the, the more superior. I think uh, one thing I'm sort of moved to say, uh, yes, maybe irrelevant now to anyone who's listened to this. I don't know, but. For all those people out there who really didn't get on with GTA 4 and who therefore deliberately avoided um, what, you know, was originally DLC for that game, I would recommend that if you loved a previous Grand Theft Auto before 4 and 4 you didn't like for the, you know, a lot of the things we talked about, I would still recommend picking up the standalone episodes from Liberty City Disc and playing Mm. The Lost and Damned and The Ballad of Gay Tony because... They're shorter, tighter experiences. Um, they've got better checkpointing, um, be- just more fun missions. Yeah, better character, more consistent writing. Um, like you can buy that disc, uh, probably download as well. I don't know now for for not much money. And um, yeah, if you kind of if GTA Four jaded you to the whole thing, actually, I would consider the lost and damned and ballad of gay tony every bit as separate as something like chinatown wars or london 1969 yeah and i mean if you also if you buy the disc for best version you get an additional radio station which features 80s tunes which for anybody wanting <laughs> to relive anything like vice city then that's that's always a nice addition and, and it's always on sale somewhere i mean uh, yeah, yeah. a couple of weeks ago xbox live had both on on sale and and playstation i think if you're a playstation plus subscriber you could buy the the complete GTA four plus two episodes for twelve pound forty nine. So yeah. and of know, course it, they're always on Steam value. on on often on Steam sale as well. So there's ways of getting the whole lot yeah, for cheap. Exactly. But you can just jump straight if you you know if you didn't like four you can just buy the whole lot and jump in and play the other two and uh, you won't have wasted any money as such. Uh, I didn't even know that about the radio station. I played I played that version. I played the standalone disc in the end. Um, I yeah, yeah I, didn't it, it know, replaced... I didn't know that was extra. Yeah, it replaced one of the other stations, um, and it played primarily 80s music. Now, before our own summaries, let's go through this uh, heap of three-word reviews. Jay, then Carl, then me. Right, Sky Potter uh, says, best dicking around. Robotic monkey. Goddamn pigeons. Yeah, we didn't mention the pigeon quest. Um, probably yeah, good reason as well. <laughs> yeah, probably still the worst example of that kind of thing in video games. Uh, shoot yeah. hundred pigeons, which uh, was which it hundred? Yeah, I thought it was two hundred. Two hundred, two hundred, even worse than twice. It's as ridiculous. Bad. Yeah, and they're just hidden all around this vast 
city and you can occasionally hear them cooing and just bullshit. If you did it and you enjoyed it, fair play to you. Uh, Ash Giver, why so serious? Out of five bowls, why so serious? What are the chances? White Spider Zero, contradictory lead character. Jonas Maximus says, fun, not funny. Silent Hit Assurer, not Vice City. DML Fury, poorly controlling vehicles. Eddie Baker, Rockstar hate women. Controversial. <laughs> Ryan Astley, made in Scotland. Cammy Torman, near tanks, pish. Sharon Shaw, dour protagonist, disengaged. Zephyr Light, pigeon popping collectibles. Deadwoods 42, piss off Roman. Mr. Flabio, haters are wrong. Rich Spurs 24, amazing, tedious board. Indiana 747, shitty checkpoint system. Tat Sun, better for realism. A banana Blitzer, cousin come bowling. BP Brad, fuck off, Roman. It's getting stronger. <laughs> Moose Grinder crushing po-face disappointment that's a review of us not uh, not the game <laughs> not really Mechanist FX stay alpha bro Johnster big city masquerade Jake Tel- Jake Del Toro excuse me DLC outshines Nico and he's right it's all star more fun please Furious Rockstar's Monster Mobster. Should that be Mobster Monster? I'm not sure. Or Monster Monster. Baron Phil. Too much driving. <laughs> Buy something else, Baron Phil. Uh, leg of time. First GTA. Enjoyed. Dodd2311. Cousin, cousin, cousin. <laughs> I think yeah, you're that's, supposed to... Ro- that's Roman again. I think you're supposed to do that in the accent. But, uh, yeah, I was going to say we should have read them all out in Russian accents, shouldn't we? But I can't do it. Cousin. No. All right. Um, <laughs> Cousin. Let's summarise uh, about the whole thing, uh, the whole GTA 4 and episodes thing. Carl, you start. Yeah, I think uh, anybody who's you know listened throughout the show will realise I'm quite dour about the entire experience of the story, but there, there really are some sort of gems in that game, those sort of moments that you'll sort of remember fondly, like when you hijack a car and sometimes a, a pedestrian's hand will stay on the handle as you're driving away and dragging him down the street, or yeah, you know, the different animations you get as you're pulling someone out of the car, and, and you know, the, the daft little things that aren't necessarily remembered. I mean, a fun thing for me is you, you've got, Bass Rutten, who is a, an MMA legend and, and is incredibly funny on the TV shows, showing how to you know defend yourself, um, and it, it's genuinely funny stuff. Um, again, sort of falling in line with the, the the radio stations and all these sort of secondary and uh, and tertiary things that run alongside the main story for me outweigh the quality of of the you know the the story arc and. If you can, if you want to play a game and 
and you can sort of ignore a story for progress, then there is quite a lot in GTA 4 to entertain you. And uh, and if you can't, as Leon said, get the DLC, get the episodes disc, because those are better stories, they're better characters, and there's more enjoyable things to do in it. You know, you know, with obviously Lost and Damned, you've got your bikes, and with the Ballad of Gay Tony, you've, you've got sort of a real sort of outrageous sense of, of you know, parody and humour in there, and there's always going to be something for everyone in a GTA game. Um, for some, it might be more prominent than others, I guess. But, you know, it, it's it's certainly not a, a negative memory overall as a game for me. I, I was ultimately left disappointed. Uh, as, as with Rockstar, you always feel they're capable of so much more. And as we've seen, at least with my opinion, with what's followed, that we have better experiences. Um and going back to 2008 isn't necessarily easy, especially the engine has aged. But if you go in and you just want a good time, you will ultimately enjoy it, I feel. Hmm. Yeah, uh, I, as I say, I played these back to back in, uh, I guess, over the space of a couple of weeks or three weeks, maybe in 2011. Um, and I haven't played them since. Uh, but my memories based on that time and uh, the you know, 2008 early experiences, um, mostly positive, definitely loads of problems, all the things we've talked about already, tonally confused, um, sometimes just a bit depressing being an arsehole and spending your time with arseholes. Um, but the actual, the game world, the city, the detail, the satire, all of that stuff is really, really good. And amazingly enough, um, as with virtually every big game we ever talk about, uh, the truth lies somewhere between the 98% critical fawning and the this is the shittest game ever backlash. Um, neither is remotely true. Uh, it's a really good game with some really cool bits and some enormous problems. Um, but yeah, certainly if you didn't get on with GTA 4 but had fond memories of earlier GTAs, don't disregard the episodes from Liberty City disc because there's a mm. lot of GTA star fun to be had. I suppose the thing is it was never, even though it had next-gen, what were next-gen graphics, it was never going to be as special as GTA 3 was um, because that was one of the first times that, you know, it's a long way after the first time we had full 3D movement in game space. You know, that, that's been going on since the 80s. But the first time it was solid and convincing perhaps you know and the the amount of scope was was so impressive that when and when vice city came out it was an iteration on that and it had more style and more cool to it by the fourth episode i don't think it was ever going to be as kind of warmly received by people just because you know you get that sense of it's the diminishing returns thing isn't it you've already done a lot of the stuff um and i, I think gta 5 will probably have you know, it will have some of the same problems because not only that, it's another five years and it will still have loads of the same gameplay. It will still be getting in cars and throwing people out of cars and shooting through windscreens and, and all that stuff. And, you know, I'm afraid you know, time moves on and mm. experiences aren't as fresh. But, um, yeah, they're, they're good games. Um, personally, I prefer them to Saints Row, although I can appreciate the, the ludicrousness of, of the Saints Row games as well. But um, perhaps... Don't take them too seriously. Don't expect the second coming. Jane? I'm going to reiterate what you guys have said because I'm part of it is I wouldn't, I wouldn't actually recommend 4 
on its own. Mm. I wouldn't recommend people play it. Not now, anyway. I think his time has passed. And with five coming out so closely anyway. so yeah. But I would recommend the, the episodes because I do think they are they're more like a this they're like the good stuff that's been distilled into two sort of quite you know clever little side stories if you will which uh, maybe that's doing them a disservice but they are actually quite in many ways superior to the main game i do i do hold a quite an optimistic sort of stance for 5 mm. and maybe this is just pre-hype build up and stuff partly but also the fact that Rockstar, since 2008, Rockstar have just gone from, in my opinion, just gone from strength to strength as a developer. Um, you know, I absolutely loved Red Dead Redemption. I was just so soaked in that world. But L.A. Noir had this amazing recreation of, of Los Angeles. Now, I think if they can get the balance right and the writing, although Rockstar have always had, you know, better than average script writing and, and voice acting and so on and so forth. So mm. I think if they get the balance right with five, there's real potential that this one's going to sort of get right where four got w- went wrong, you know, and I think, you know, fingers crossed. Mm. Yeah. I think even, I don't know because people, you know, like it's a uh, tall poppy syndrome, isn't it? People like to yeah. see the biggest, the biggest things fall and fail. But I think most people who ever had, fun with a gta uh or or a clone um who perhaps didn't enjoy four for all the reasons we've talked about i think you know you'd be daft to want gta 5 to not be amazing why why would you know why would you want that That, that's just stupid um you know i've got this real sense in recent times that there's kind of now because people have to do this they have to be tribal and ally themselves there's now the kind of saints row and gta camps and like you know one of them won't hear some people who are fans of one won't hear a good word about the other and vice versa and i mean i hate all that shit i really do it's like you know maybe we could enjoy both or you know maybe there are good things about both and flaws with both um i really hope that uh gta 5 is all the good things about the previous ones but, and without the flaws, you know, why not? Why wouldn't I want an amazing GTA game to play? Um, I also hope that a PC version, the PC version it comes out soon along with the console versions. And there's not a, like a big delay because it's going to struggle on current gen. Well, that, that's the that's the other question at the moment, isn't it? And I think that's probably the biggest question is whether I pick this up day one or whatever. Is is which what's the period on? Because they have already implied that it's running on PlayStation Four. Mm. So seems like, and it would make sense. I mean, I, I suspect that maybe that's the whole delay to September release date thing is tying in. They didn't want to two marketing campaigns to sell it. You feel it has gen- to be strategic. I mean, yeah. given it was supposed to be releasing in what April or May. I'd- don't mm-hmm. think it has a whole lot to sort of worry it that you know it's got to be there's got to be something in that that yeah. you know it makes sense from a business point of view especially if you can if you can cross two consoles as they are which is unusual for Rockstar I'll give them that but you mm. know you you're looking at the the major market then aren't you is uh, is if you if you can cover both formats like that then you've got an even bigger money spinner on your hands. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm sure the PS3 and 360 versions will be damn fine games, and they won't, you know, they won't 
try to bite off more than they can chew and have you know horribly chuggy frame rates or anything like that but i think mm. you know there comes a point where once you've seen what the next generation machines are capable of and you know and high-end pcs are capable of that if you want to experience that game and, and have as much of a rush from it as much of a buzz from it as you did from you know your first experiences of liberty city and gta 4 mm. you're probably going to want to play it on next gen hardware aren't you I'd say it's a system seller. I mean, if, if yeah. it comes, even if it comes out across the board on, on everything, then it, it's still going to push a lot of people to go next gen because that you know it's going to look better on that system. Well, I mean, there's only that. so long you can live, isn't there, with being happy before you start thinking, well, what if, you know, what yeah. what would this look like? So uh, I think and Grand Theft Auto is five at least is probably the, the, the major one of that because you know how the scale it's going to be on that, you know, that is probably better suited to eventually being the next gen get a title. But. Well, roll on September and all that. Uh, not wishing our yeah. lives away or anything. <laughs> so let's round up. Uh, for those of you who didn't tune in to the previous podcast or haven't caught up with it yet, that was Animal Crossing, a slightly more obscure uh, concern, despite its 20 million selling status, as we discussed in the previous podcast, uh, I imagine that this podcast will get more downloads than the Animal Crossing one did. So for those of you who weren't in for that one, here are the games that we've got coming up between now and issue 100 of the Cane and Rinse podcast. Pens and paper ready. So you already know about Dark Souls, that's next week, Metro 2033 and XCOM, Enemy Unknown. But what you don't know about, or you might not know about, is our next series of three. That's the Uncharted trilogy, starting with Drake's Fortune. But between one and two, we have Shin Megami Tensei Persona 4. We also have a show about the Tale of Tales uh, games. That's a developer. Uh, the Path, The Graveyard, Fatal, and Bientolete. Uh, then it's Uncharted 2, Among Thieves. Then Driver San Francisco. After that, Castlevania, Symphony of the Night, and hopefully some 2D Castlevania discussion going all the way back to the 80s, just to keep me happy. Uh, then we'll conclude the Uncharted trilogy with Uncharted 3, Drake's Deception. Uh, then it's Phil Fish's Fez, which is coming to more platforms soon, I believe. Following that, this will be fun, Aliens, Colonial Marines. Uh, then from the ridiculous to sub the sublime, I hope, Dishonored. Uh, Minecraft, the Minecraft special with Darren Gargett. Tomb Raider, the latest Tomb Raider, plus talk about all things Tomb Raider, I'm sure. El Shaddai, Ascension of the Metatron. DMC, Devil May Cry, that's the 2013 Ninja Theory one. Deadly Premonition and the director's cut, out soon. Starwing and Lilac Wars, or Star Fox and Star Fox 64, if you prefer. Tom Clancy, Splinter Cell. I'm one of those people who always wants to say Tom Clancy in that very posh <laughs> way. So the way I do it is to say Tom Clancy in a northern accent, but that means I end up saying Tom Clancy, Splinter Cell, Chaos Theory, and sounding like Jay. Anyway. No, you don't. No, okay, I don't. <laughs> you, say, you say Tom Clancy. I say Tom Clancy. Yeah, exactly. Say, Tom, say the whole title of that game. What, Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell? Yeah. Tom Clancy Splinter. Oh, it's not Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell, is it? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he's not. He's not from Bradford, so Tom. Uh -huh. It's Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, you've been down south too long, Jay. That's a problem. Yeah, I know. Fahrenheit or Indigo Prophecy for our US listeners. Uh, Super Meat Boy, La Noire, Psychonauts, and Issue One Hundred 
will be heavy rain. Quite a few of us looking forward to that one. Yeah, I've got, I'm sharpening the knives as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, check out our Facebook page if you want to see uh, a hilarious uh, heavy rain clip. Massive spoiler warning. It's got in it. Uh, also, our quick rinse videos. You can either look at those on the blog, canerinse.com or the YouTube channel. Uh, Twitter is at canerinse. Facebook, as I say, is canerinse. Uh, support us on iTunes. Please, please subscribe, review, and or just rate us out of five stars. Preferably the higher end, but, you know, it's up to you. Uh, check out the Cane and Rinse periodical iBook. Um, there are currently four, and there's a fifth one presumably on the way at some point. Certainly is. Nice. Uh, also, check out our wonderful burgeoning Minecraft server, the Cane and Rinse Minecraft server. You can find a link from the homepage. You can also find a link to the forum, canerinse.com slash forum. New people joining all the time. Loads of fantastic, intelligent, in-depth discussion and just general tomfoolery and uh, 50 best games and all that sort of thing as well. And uh, also an off-topic with talk of TV and films and all sorts of things in there. All of it is at canerinse.com, as I say. Uh, my thanks to Jay and also thanks to Jay for editing this podcast and Carl Moon. My name's Leon Cox and we'll leave you with some, hmm, Jay? What are we leaving you with? Uh, music. I'm not because uh, you know what I know. Carl was asking about the tracks. He's only wanted to know. I'll say I'm only putting it. There's the main theme for sure because it has to go in. Because it's obviously awesome. everybody. Yeah, but I'm not saying what the others are because I know it's going to end up. I don't like that one. I like this one. Uh, what about this one? Yeah. What about this track? It's all how about right. This one. As and as, when you see as how much music is in there, I'll be all right. <laughs> see, I knew you were going to. I knew you were going to drop a hint. <laughs> that's <laughs> not a hint. That's <laughs> no. It ain't a fucking democracy. I'm editing it. Yeah. I choose. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs>